who, in what context and why. The Monday morning commute episodes exist not to provide answers, but stimulate thought, pique interest, inspire curiosity and drive self-reflection. We explore a theoretical concept, heuristic or auto-ethnographic approach in a short digestible format, one that hopefully fits nicely into a daily commute. Over the next couple of Monday morning commute episodes, I want to explore self-efficacy and ponder questions as to why it might be worth investigating within your own environment. First of all, what is self-efficacy theory? Self-efficacy is the belief we have in our own abilities specifically our ability to meet challenges ahead of us and complete a task successfully. For many, you may have come across the term in relation to motivation, and that is certainly an avenue I would encourage you to explore within your environment if you consider implementing self-efficacy into your practice. Self-efficacy and motivation are deeply entwined but they're also two separate constructs. Self-efficacy is based on an individual's belief in their own capacity to achieve, while motivation is based upon the individual's desire to achieve. Those with high self-efficacy often have high motivation and vice versa, but is not a foregone conclusion. Still, it is true that when an individual gains or maintains self-efficacy through the experience of success, no matter how small, they generally get a boost in motivation to continue learning and making progress. The relationship can also work in the other direction to create a sort of success cycle. When an individual is motivated to learn and succeed, they are more likely to achieve their goals, giving them an experience that contributes to their overall self-efficacy. The psychological theory of self-efficacy grew out of the research of Albert Bandura. Bandura proposed the perceived self-efficacy influences what coping behaviour is initiated when an individual is met with stress and challenges, along with determining how much effort will be expended to reach one's goals and for how long those goals will be pursued. He posited that self-efficacy is a self-sustaining trait. When a person is driven to work through their problems on their own terms, they gain positive experiences that in turn boost their self-efficacy even more. In the model I use, five sources of self-efficacy are identified. Imaginal experience, past experience, vicarious experience, verbal persuasion, emotional and physiological states. For the purpose of this podcast, 
I'm going to put the experiences together and that is what we're going to examine today. Arguably, within sports coaching and the world of strength and conditioning, we're looking to change behaviours in order to achieve a certain performance level, align with the environment's identity, acquire new skills, knowledge and experiences. The imaginal and past experience, which you may hear termed as a mastery experience, refer to the process we follow when we take part in a new challenge and succeed. As coaches, we prescribe improvements daily in the form of training or practice. We are seeking to demonstrate the ability that the individual is capable of striving for and attaining new skills or performance levels. But how often do you frame a training session as such? How often do you actively reflect upon or ask the athlete to self-reflect on that journey and experience? How often do you identify the transfer of training to performance? Off in pre-seasons are a time when new challenging experiences are explored. How often do we see national teams spend days and weeks with the British Army or the Royal Marines prior to major tournaments, going through arduous physical and mental tasks to develop a belief and an individual and collective ability to succeed. The vast majority of listening, I'm sure, will have delivered such a session that sought to challenge teamwork, communication skills, mental and physical fitness. But how many of us have reaffirmed that experience one month, two months, six months later? How many of us have used that experience as a self-reflection task for the athlete? An abiding memory I have such an event happened on the sand dunes of Five Fingers Ballyliffin. We had scoped the dunes out a few days previously and designed an early morning session where the squad would work in small teams going up and down the energy-sapping dunes for a set period. My attempts at framing and reflection upon the experience was aided by the visceral sound of one of the athletes retching as I tried to sum up the experience and what it would mean going forward. That experience was reframed a number of times that season when we faced adversity. Vicarious experience is, quite simply, having a role model to observe and emulate. When we have positive role models who display a healthy level of self-efficacy, we are likely to absorb some of those positive beliefs about the self. Imagine you went to a school where a number of former pupils were now playing at a high level. As a child, you could believe that if someone from your school could make it, then there's no reason why you couldn't. Within certain environments, GB cycling and rowing, it may be easy to point at the conveyor belt of champions that exist in the near past to showcase what is possible. That type of approach is not without its downsides. But if you think about your own environment, how do you frame previous success? What wide variety of sources can you draw upon to motivate and empower 
a sense of belief in one's ability. I've just finished watching the Amazon All or Nothing Arsenal series. And it's very interesting how Mikel Arteta uses life experiences, narratives and analogies to draw out that vicarious experience. I love when he's giving a team talk and he's drawing on a whiteboard. Yeah, or he's got his flip chart paper out and he's drawing upon his own life experience to demonstrate the message that he wants for that game and for that session and how we can use vicarious experience to motivate and drive home the learning. As sports and SNC coaches, we're often caught in the moment, celebrating the here and now. Can you refocus the experience to ensure that that message, that learning, those skills and belief are not lost in one month, two months, one year from now? That's the question I will leave you to ponder today.